Hey everyone and welcome to today's ladies room. I'm Ashling and I'm here with the fantastic Dr. Teresa. Hi! How are, <laughs> how are you today? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing really, really well, thank you. We have a great little chat for today and that is the we pee. Um, but what Not as in we all pee, no. but in the teeny tiny little split, splat Yeah, pee. like the little incontinence issue. Yes. But when I say that, a lot of people are like, ah, that's just for like older people. I don't have to worry about that right now. Or after you have a baby. Or after you have a baby, exactly. But you had an interesting statistic um, earlier on today, and that is a quarter of college students, female college students, have this incontinence issue. Uh, occasionally, yes. Right. It's called stress incontinence mm -hmm. anyway. So it means like under enough stress, mm -hmm. you... Um, aren't quite able to hold on to it and you have just little, not a, just a spritz, I think is right. what e. Goldberg refers to it as like spritz, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but it can come at a time when you don't really um, want it to be there. Uh, is there any time that you do want it to be there? No. no. There really is no time that you <laughs> want it to be there. But maybe a time that it's a little bit more inconvenient maybe? Yes. Yeah. So, so what we, um, what I wanted to do this, uh, I work with a lot of women, different ages and stages of life where this is a problem. And it can, there can be a lot of contributing factors and also other kinds of urinary um, tract symptoms like urge incontinence and um, detrusor instability mm -hmm. and medications and things come along. But for younger women, it's almost always this stress incontinence. And most women will experience it at some point in their life with enough stress. Right. Um, that uh, so it's a much more of a continuum so I think that the problem is is that we look at it as a problem we look at it as you have it or you don't have it right I don't look at it that way at all I look at it as everybody has it some people have it with a lot less stress than others so, so it's a stress urinary incontinence so some people need a lot of stress mm -hmm. uh, to have it happen and some women need almost no stress at all as in stress as in pressure stress? We're gonna, that's one of the most important ones is the pressure. Right. But um, like for me, the time, you know, I really don't have, you know, I'm, I do lots of pelvic floor work and things and it's, uh, I've had a baby, but it's not been a problem for me. It's a problem that runs in my family. So I knew, you know, my, all my female relatives that this is a, uh, uh, something that we know happens after having babies. Right. And my mom had five babies and things like that, and wow. my sisters have lots of babies. And it, we traditionally look at it as the more times babies go through your pelvic floor, the weaker your pelvic floor gets, and the more likely this is to become a problem okay. with uh, stress. So um, typically, you know, as a OBGYN, we used to, t or I used to, and I guess they're still doing it, um, recommend that people, that women did Kegels and things to undo the effect and as a gynecologic surgeon if kegels don't cut it then we would do operations and build like a sling right. where you hoist the bladder up so that you basically make um, uh, you know we'll talk a little bit about how the anatomy works but you basically build in something where you have to go uphill before you go downhill right so but that's unnatural and can create other sorts of strictures and problems and things like that so yes we sometimes still need to do that but I was very much looking into, it doesn't need to be there. So I wanted to find out how continence works mm -hmm. before I understand what 
how what happens when you're incontinent and that's where I began to see that there's this continuum right so for my own self what is a continuum is the times that I've experienced it over the years is usually when I have um, gotten a really bad cold which I don't get very often and I get that horrible nagging bronchitis cough that lasts for right. a month yes. afterwards and I just like <laughs> and yeah. I'm constantly coughing and I'm don't feel good and I'm not eating well and I will find like three weeks into that I will hit a bad coughing spell and get the spritz right and I'm really surprised by it but um, I could say oh my goodness this is really annoying and if it happens a lot then I would think that it's probably very annoying so started to look into that did a little bit of research and found that um, it's become an increasing problem with young women but we don't hear about it maybe mm -hmm. it isn't an increasing problem maybe it was always there right um, and if I was had a my practice now where I'd ask women when they came in for their birth control I would do what I my trick that I usually taught um, the med students and other residents is I always ask my questions as if they already had it so instead of saying do you ever you know have any problems with incontinence and they would go no I would say so do um, when do you have problems with holding onto your urine when you laugh when you and I need them to say never right so I always start it with I'm assuming that, that there's they do some have that they problem. do have a problem with it right and then you get a lot more you get a lot more honest answers right. that that's way. That's actually such a, a smart way of, of going about it because it's like when I feel like when I go to a doctor, it's like, you know, it's it's feels more interrogation yeah. um, rather than like, I know this, this yeah. like this is normal, so when does this happen to you? Because then right. it, those questions feel like they're questions that you ask to every woman. Right. And I will often have gotten from other doctors where they say, how can you do that? Don't people get mad at you when you say, you know, those things? Like, I ask questions like that about, um, uh, you know, they say, I can't believe, like, in your assessment, you ask women, like, um, is there anyone, is there someone important in your life that's injuring you or hurting you or hitting you? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, how can you say that? And I'm like, well, they always say no. Mm -hmm. And then they call me yeah, because they know I was the one who is more accepting of that. So they feel like there's someone who isn't going to act shocked and appalled. After um, when women come back for their postpartum visit, I say, did it hurt when you had sex? And they're like, well, they're not supposed to have sex until after the visit. And I'm like, yeah, they're not supposed to, but a lot of them do. And it's usually not a problem, or sometimes it is a problem, mm -hmm. but I just ask like that, and no one gets horrified. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they didn't want, they wanted to wait, or whatever reason, but I just approach the questions that way. So when we started to look at this problem with the WEP, which is really what I like to think of about is, if you ask the right questions, you start getting a lot more accurate answers. So what uh, young women have is if you look, if they are in sports, the number starts creeping up really, really fast. Right. So if their sport is basketball, we're talking 65, 70% of them are having a sometimes problem with this because they're jumping the most and wow. the hardest. And a gymnast, more of a problem with this. Right. So their compressive force, they are jarring the system a lot more. And again, we'll get into it's always like a force that can overcome this. So if you thought of your mouth being <laughs> filled with water and you smacked it with your 
with your fists on either side, you know, there is a place where you would punch your cheeks so hard that you're going to spit. Right, yes. Right, and like if you just tap them, you're not going to spit, but at some point you're going to actually punch hard enough that it's going to come out your nose, down your throat, or out the front, but it is going, right. the, over, the outside force is going to overwhelm your ability guess, to contain it. Yes, I guess the same uh, stands true for making somebody laugh, because a lot of people, this happens to a lot of people who laugh too, so ask somebody to hold water in their mouth and then make them laugh. It, it still comes out the same way as it comes out yes. down there. So And laughing is terrible that that is one of the worst um, triggers for stress incontinence because it makes women feel like they can't laugh. Right, one of the yes. really tragic one for young women, and again, we're talking a, with college age, we're talking a quarter of them are saying that this mm. is a problem. So it's at least sometimes affecting them. Or maybe they're wearing a pad all the time, which isn't so good. Um, you know, it's uh And it's young like women don't like to wear pads, too. You know, a lot of them don't like doing that. And it's, even it's the mini pads all the time. Yeah. It's just not something, you know, they call them, they don't call them mini pads. They're panty liners. Right. You shouldn't need to line your panties. No. Okay? So we, what should happen, and, you know, check out our pelvic floor podcast, but what should happen is let's review what your inner strong pelvic floor is, which is you take your hands in front of you with your fingers facing away and your palms obviously attached to your arms, so closer to you, and then you make like a little bowl as if you were going to dip your hands in water and drink out of your hands. So you make this bowl, and that is how the strong pelvic floor is structured um, and in fact the strongest part of it is towards the rear so we focus on kegling which is the really weak tiny muscles up in the front where the whole pelvic floor is attached to each other so working more in the back passage area is actually a lot more effective at moving and stretching out the pelvic right. floor but it's actually a lot better to start moving the sits bones and the coccyx bone and a lot of the stuff we do in flat tummy mummy um, these um, stretch and tone and make the pelvic floor stronger and more elastic. But what should happen is when your brain knows you're about to cough or laugh or sneeze or one of these things that are going to do what we call increased abdominal pressure. Right. So you're going to have the top push down. Like, uh, you know, everyone knows that push down feeling like when you're going to have a bowel movement, you push down. But you don't necessarily have a wee when you do that, but some women do, you, that you don't because your brain knows what you're about to do. So when it senses you're about to push down, the pelvic floor actually lifts up right, and it is not creating this pressure, pressure. Yeah. on the little tiny urethral muscle, which is a very, very, very thin, like the size of a, a small gold ring band around right. your finger. That is, it's just a little tiny ring circle of tissue. It's not as strong as your lips or anything like that. So you, you know, when we think of this pressure where you punch in your cheeks, your lips actually have a lot stronger pressure to them. Right. We don't really feel that. So we know that one of the kegeling exercises is like, you start to pee and then you stop and start and stop and start and that's something women can do a lot more easily because of our physiology than men. But we are the only ones that really get stress incontinence because male urethra is really long. It's like the distance of, you know, goes all the way down their penis and up and around before it gets to right. the bladder. Whereas women, so They can hold it a lot easier. Yeah, and they've got this whole long pipe where it, the little spritz would just not have gotten that far. Right. So they have 
you know, a long way to go before it gets to the outside. Their problem is more drippy at the end. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, there still was one drop left. You know, we all know the men that are like, mm, didn't quite finish in there when you came back. You know, you have the telltale little drippy at the end. Right. And then as men get older, they have more problem with that too, of the ending. So it's, you know, once it's coming out, they're like, how do you shake it to get rid of it? it? That's the problem with the long urethra. Well, we have a short urethra. And what that means is we have much less strength to keep in the um, increased pressure on our bladder. So when it starts to squeeze, like the toothpaste tube, does it spurt out? Well, women down there, there's always like, it's like, you know, we talk about what's up down there, yeah. is that they kind of know what's going on down there, but they don't really know what's going on. Right. So they can feel like they, the ring is called a sphincter. So your lips make this circle that is like a drawstring, and you kind of can have that sense of your back passage, that sphincter is called the anus. And mm -hmm. everybody sort of knows what that feeling is. But a lot of women can't really feel very well their urethral sphincter, that's where the pee is. Right. They just like know, like you go and you sit down and you think a relaxation thought and everything kind of comes out, and then you can stop and sort of like stop. But there isn't a feeling like the sphincter's opening and closing. Right. We feel like there's a sphincter opening and closing in our vagina. There okay. is no sphincter in our vagina. Right. There is more of that, more tissue towards the outside that most women only, the sensation they get is when you go to put a tampon in, then there's the place where you didn't put it quite far enough in. Right. And, and that's where so you need to get up above the pelvic yeah. floor. So that is really just the pelvic floor, that muscular layer, mm -hmm. like you're in between. So you need to go up higher. Right. But there is no sphincter. So women feel like, I, I, I said, is that you feel like uh, if you were to take um, your like uh, thumb and index finger and make a circle of it and squeeze it around like your other thumb, there's this snug feel, you know, there's this feeling at the bottom. But really the vagina is more like a muscular tube and it's more like a cuff, more like you're making a fist around your thumb. And right. that's really how you want it to be. So one of the benefits of doing pelvic floor work that we do with imagery and extra, you know, getting it toned and snappy and good blood flow is not just that the wee pee goes away, but that the sexual, the snap comes way back in again. Because right. you don't want to have that ring for in your, you don't want that in your vagina. You are, you know, yeah. you want a snug cuff. You right. want to like feel like uh, <laughs> the whole thing's working from bottom to top. That's it. That's the, that's going to be, that's going to feel a lot better to you and whoever that you are sharing it with at that time. <laughs> um, so those are, you know, we want that back. And again, working that really helps. So the whole thing is you want good blood flow and things like that. But when we get to um, the kind of problems with the WP, I start to talk about things that people are completely surprised. Like, why are we having this problem with the WP, especially in young women who haven't had a baby. It makes sense that it's a problem after you've had a baby because you go, oh, everything was stretched out and it didn't come yeah, back Yeah, and it in. feels all loosey-goosey down right. there. And then while you're pregnant, then the WP is a real problem. Right. As you can imagine, like a baby kicking right on the yeah, top of your bladder, for sure. that's a big stressor, mm -hmm. right? And you're, everything's pulled and distended and 
it's just very uncomfortable. So you cough, you know, it doesn't even feel like it belongs in your own body anymore. You're certainly having to share space in crowded area. So that makes sense to people, but what about if you haven't, um, if you haven't uh, had a baby yet, then these women are not telling anybody. They're not telling their sister, they're not telling their mother, they're not telling their best friend, they're not telling their partner, mm -hmm. their male partner or their female partner, they're not telling their doctor, they're telling no one. Although they are Googling, which is one of the reasons that we know it's becoming more of a problem. Right. They are not going to go to their doctor to get treated because they don't want anyone to know it's a problem. And most concerning to me is what they start to do because of this problem. So, like I said, they'll start to wear a panty liner. But one of the, one of the main stressors that we see is when you are having sex, especially when you have an orgasm, then you can have a little bit of the wee pee. Right. And they are so mortified by having this wee pee then that they start to avoid having orgasm. And right. then they start to avoid having sex. I mean, this is like, you're giving up a lot. Yes. Way, way too much just because it's an embarrassing problem. So we're here to tell you is this is a not a problem. Your body is confused. There is super solutions to right. this, and you are not alone. So this can be fixed. That's, yes. that, that's and it the is, main thing. Although it is not normal, it right. is common, mm -hmm. and there are reasons that we understand, and we're going to start from the ground up, because the first one is we have stiff feet. Yes. So we've lost our shock absorbers. This is a big one. And when I tell people this, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do feet have to do with that? Well, they one of the studies is like on thing. the Korean women runners is they actually measured the stiffness of your foot. And there was a direct correlation to the amount of incontinence that they had. Wow. So literally how inflexible your foot is because you're not using it the right way. Mm -hmm. So this is our shoes or our failure to mobilize our feet afterwards. So when you have springy, flexible feet, then you have better shock absorbers and you have less stress and less of the wee pee. Right. So, you know, you're not putting all the stress on your bladder that way. Now, the next one, which is huge to them, is diet. Okay. And they go, oh yeah, I heard that my mom said, you know, because you should lose weight because it's your big fat gut, yeah. you know, which is terrible. Only women would talk this way to each other. It's like that that's what the doctor made him feel like because you went in and go, oh, you're having this problem. You should lose weight, you cow, you yeah. know, and that's what they feel like is being said. And the doctor says, I never said that, but they make, and this is not male doctors. This is female doctors right. too, that they make them feel like this I'm huge. And of course, what are these women thinking is like, what do you think I haven't been on a diet my whole life? You think right. I want to be like this? Yeah. This is, you know, you're just like heaping on the misery at this point. So losing weight is not something that I say first. Now we say flat tummy mummy is, it's like the abdominal weight. And a lot of this okay. is coming from the bloat, from the inflammation. Just think about how everything's located next to each other. We know that the pelvic floor is on the bottom. Right. And then the bladder sits on that. Well, guess what's sitting all on top of that? All of these guts. And if the guts are inflamed, it hurts around them. Right. You know, everyone knows, like, if you get um, a cut, it hurts. Mm -hmm. The edge of the cut hurts. But if it gets infected, you know, the whole area around it is really sore. Right. You know, so then you don't want to, that whole red area all of that doesn't have the cut, but it hurts too, Yes, like a burn. Or if you've ever had a sunburn, that's inflammation, yeah. okay? You don't want to scratch it with your fingernails. No. It hurts. And so if you think that your guts can be inflamed that way and they're sitting on top of your bladder, there is, again, this irritation and inflammation. 
So uh, I right away tried the, uh, the elimination diet right. for two of the down there problems. Vaginal discharge, like I don't know what is coming out of me. It's like, you know, I had every, like look at another slide, do all these things, we had all these different medications. Right. Now I approach it differently. I'm like, let's first see if we correct your diet if you're not even having that. Okay. So I have so many women say, didn't know if you knew this, but I went on that gluten-free thing, and besides that, this is the symptom women a lot of times have, and it's from the irritation, is they said, I had a problem with the discharge, and I wore a panty liner all the time, and then when I went on the elimination diet, and that was uh, that's the gluten trigger for them. That's the symptom Amazing. that they notice the most. I didn't know that. Is that they have just an increased amount. Maybe so it doesn't itch or have any, but it's just uncomfortable and it's there. Right, yeah, it's something that you don't wanna have. Right. Um, so with the discharge then, what is that then? So I if that's a reaction to say like gluten or? It's a runny nose out your vagina. Oh. I mean, that's what I think of it is, is like, it's just <laughs> literally, you know, that I, when I eat gluten, Okay, I get a runny nose out my vagina too. Right. And I get a runny nose out my nose. Because my body just starts, my eyes tear up. Everything that can start to like try and flush things out starts to right. do that. So it's just more cells and more secretion. Right, well I didn't know that. that I, it's I, a self-cleansing yeah. organ. Right. Okay, so it's like, okay, it's like, um, have you ever been in like those environmentally conscious toilets like that they say they're supposed to save water but you oh, actually like have to two buttons yeah but will you have to actually flush them like five times oh yeah yeah because right, they say oh we're saving water with each flush and it's like yeah. no actually not because i actually just kept pushing the flush over and over yeah so you know your um vaginas are great they're self-cleansing like they flush everything out right and it's not supposed to go up and in it's supposed to just come out but not with so many extra cells and things like that. So you don't want, your nose is self-cleansing. Like it runs, but not enough to make you know. Your mouth, you make saliva and it cleanses. And that should actually keep you from getting tooth decay instead of, we, we know when people get um, a dry mouth, mm -hmm. they get very bad cavities. In fact, um, a lot of times people have seen like on show, you know, or uh, hopefully not, you know, they know people, there's something that's called meth mouth, which is methamphetamines. Right. Oh, I've seen this, this is so gross. Right, and they're like, what is it? Are they eating candy all the time? What it is, is it dries their saliva up. Right. And when you don't have any saliva, you that's get cavities. Oh. Terrible ones, and then your teeth fall out of your head. Yeah. So it's a big part of this, this is when you have dry mouth, dry eyes, those are bad things. Right. So you want your eyes, you know, if your eyes get dry, they get infected, they get scratches. You want them to flush debris out them. Right. And so your vagina is just doing its job. It's just flushing out. It's just that we're making more crap to need to be flushed out. So you're irritating it and you're getting inflammation and the the cells are sloughing off faster. Oh, that is so interesting. So the, the flushers are just like, it's like going into a toilet and it's like, oh, there's something in here that we don't like. So everything fires on all right. cylinders. Like right. flush it out, flush it out, right. flush it out. And some people is like, oh, I get um, these problems like, with my bowel, and uh, I always say, is like, I know what it is. It's like, it's not diarrhea, it's not constipation. They don't want to tell me either of those. It's actually both. Right. So they're feeling like, and this happens a lot when women are having their periods. So I say, this is hormones. When the hormones are in that area, they're like, yeah, I can't figure it out. It's like, I can't decide. Like, do I have to go? I have to go right away. Everything just doesn't feel right. And I'm like, because of those the prostaglandins that are in that area, they're irritating. Mm -hmm. And they're making everything like 
go faster, like right. coffee. Right. You know, like coffee yeah. has that effect. Like, mm -hmm. like okay, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the that increases that peristalsis, that movement, that flushing forward of the muscle and the um, the secretion, the liquids that come out. It's, it's sort of like sweat. It's like sweating. Right. You know, and sweating detoxify gets everything out of your body. Mm -hmm. So that is what's going on a lot of times with the discharge, but because it has these, um, you know, uh, it's going at such a fast rate, then we see is like, uh, well, it's wet and it's wh white, or then they might say, I'm having yeast problems, so they know that they're itching, but they might not be having yeast problems. They might just have be having irritation problems, and they think everything that itches has to be um, yeast, and right. you can have yeast, and then it's like, oh, then you go and take this yeast medicine, and but it didn't work, and you always have to like stick something back up mm -hmm. instead of really getting to the root of the problem, which oftentimes is dietary. So my biggies for young women on the WEP have nothing to do with, um, you know, obviously pelvic floor work, not Kegels, but appropriate, you know, like we do in less leaking program and flat tummy mummy, appropriate mm -hmm. um, toning and um, making the pelvic floor elastic and working like the trampoline it should be and responding well and connecting it to your brain so it's responding ahead of time is fantastic. So definitely do that. All women should do that. But for the young women, I think a lot of times what they're getting is side effects of their very stiff feet and their inflammatory diet that is making their guts inflamed sitting on their wow. bladder that makes it harder to hold the urine because it's inflamed. Right. So you can see, if you cut your hand and it, you had an infected cut on your hand, you don't want to use it to open a jar lid. Right, yes. So it does make sense, right? Yeah, that does like make sense. Like the muscle just doesn't work, it hurt. You know, it's yeah. like, it's just not as functional. It's like feels weak. Yes, yeah. And slow. Right, yeah, I know what you, you know? mean. So, yeah. um, so are you know, so when you get something on your mouth, like the cut on your mouth, you know, it's like we don't like those. They hurt. They, yeah. The chap lips with the split or something. Yeah, so I, I think we've forgotten that, or maybe we never knew in the first place that, of course, we can get those things internally. It's not just that, you know, things hurt inside just like we can get you know, like cuts. That's that's what happens. Um, but what I wanted to ask was about the, f the about the feet. Can we help this problem by doing foot exercises? Absolutely, foot mobility exercises. Right. Okay. So not just about you know seeing if I can work on like the kegling exercises because we know that that's only a very s tiny part. I think you, right. you explained to me before. It's like. I'm um, going to explain in just a minute how Kegels work and right. why they, they work a little bit, but they might not work enough. Mm -hmm. But the feet exercises are really important for your whole shock absorber. For your they help with everything. So that is the place to start with this. Mm -hmm. So why are we having problems with our feet? Where we're wearing these pillowed sneakers and things like that. We're smacking our foot down. We never go barefoot anymore. We're not spreading and using our foot. And a quarter of the bones in your body are in your feet and you should be articulating them and moving them all the time. And instead by the, um, what we have is like I said, the, the shoes that we wear, it's like wearing oven mitts on your mm -hmm. hands all the time. Your hands get, your fingers are gonna get stupid if you don't need to use them. Right. So, or boxing gloves. They're just a big block. And uh, the boxing glove cushions your fist 
from compression, but it means mm -hmm. that you don't have the use of your fingers in the same way anymore. And when people are using boxing gloves to do, we do boxer size and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I know when I came in, I was like, I'm going to teach you how to do boxer size in a whole different sort of way mm -hmm. because we start moving from the whole body instead of just the fists, like right. hitting, you know, doing the girly box, right? Like I said, yes. like the batting paws yes. or whatever is, you know, you use your whole body and it's a lot more effective. Um, and it feels better and, you know, we, it's just, it's really fun. And it feels good when you have, feel that satisfying thwack, you know? Yeah. Like you're all lined up with your whole body behind it. So I like it, but it's akin to what's happening in the pelvic floor. So again, if we made that bowl, that dipper bowl, where you put your hands together as if you were scooping up water and drinking from your two hands, mm -hmm. um, or like they do those where you rinse your face, you know, you reach into the pond right. and then you lift it up and you spread, you know, rinse your face off that way. That you're making this bowl and it's very, very strong. And what you want to have happen uh, for continence is that the stress incontinence is when your body is going to sense, your brain knows in the microsecond before something happens, like before you cough. Before the cough happens, the brain knows the cough is going to happen. Okay. And what it does when things are working appropriately is it takes the water and it's like sp goes upwards and splashes it on your face. Okay. But what happens in stress urinary incontinence is that the plunger comes down like a toilet plunger and pushes everything forward. So what happens with Kegels is we're talking about a little tiny ribbon, this little tiny sphincter, not the cuff of the vagina, or mm -hmm. the stronger back passage where a lot more pelvic floor musculature is back there, but right in the tiny lacy place up in front where it's absolutely the weakest, that's where you push the plunger down and it's very easy to overcome the pressure there. Nice. And then you just have this little, little circle of tissue and it has to, you know, it, it, it's like a fire hydrant coming out of a f bathroom sink faucet. Okay. It's too much pressure for this little bathroom, you know, you don't, the fire hydrant hooks up to a fire hose. It Rice. doesn't hook up to a garden hose. Right. If it did, you'd have water everywhere. everywhere. Yes. So this is how we have to look at it is, that we're not, and then in terms of doing this is like you're trying to make a better garden hose instead of understanding that things need to go in a certain order. Gotcha. And, and it's a brain problem, not necessarily a uh, lack of muscle problem. So why is, why does it happen this way? Well, it's really easy. The pelvic floor is automatic and unconscious. We don't feel it. Like we don't feel our heart beating. Mm -hmm. We can have some sense of breathing in and out, like you can be consciously aware of your breathing, but most of the time we breathe, we're not consciously mm -hmm. aware of it. So what happens is the true pelvic floor is in place, actually always responding to your body, and you're, it's not under conscious control, so you can't move your pelvic floor up and down directly. You can do it indirectly. We have exercises like we do our read and parasol right. and things, but those are indirect. So what we do have that's direct is the sphincter or these Kegel muscles. So not only do we have mus muscular control over them, but they are loaded with sensation because they are covered with nerves because continence is really important, sexual function, orgasm, like these have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of nerve endings. Right. So if you think of a place that has lots like your eye, 
Yes. You know, like when you put a contact lens in or something, it has lots more than that. So we feel like we're doing a lot because there's so much going on down there. Right. And we're up in this little tiny place in front and it's like, I'm doing so much I can feel it. But really all you have up there is what I call the flicks. Okay. So you want to like do those like, you know, we work on those and you want to like make them go fast, like turn them off and on, you know, like batting your eyelids very, very fast. Right. And that is that's useful and kegels aren't bad but they're just a part of the whole overall equation yes, and a, a very small part too. a very small part so you want the pelvic floor to be functioning and then you want the kegel to be the icing on the cake or the bow on the shoe as we mentioned well you need your floor. one two three yeah that's what you, absolutely you need it all. and the feet as well so that's that's also a, a big part um i'm really after getting into these um feet exercises that you showed me because like that again before, I, I just moved my foot pretty much as a whole, but you know, your foot gets so loose and so mobile when you start to do these exercises, it's amazing. I had a very, very stiff foot before I did this. Now I never, I, I didn't really have the uh, incontinence issue, but, and if you're somebody who doesn't have the incontinence issue, I think it's, it's great to start training yourself now before it happens. Yeah, we don't want to have it. Yeah, it's exactly, you never like, want to have it. It's an unwelcome, you know, um, that's what they used to call your period, like your visitor. It's right. like it's not a help, you know, it's not it's an unwelcome visitor. Yeah. <laughs> but the 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 spritz, the wee pee, is always unwelcome. Mm. It but is never. It's like yeah. it's like rats in the house. It's like right. you just don't want to ever see it. You right. just don't want them there. So you can start training yourself from, you know, now. So you can right. kind of but set it's a continuum. Remember what I right. said? It's yes. like it's not only do you help prevent a problem, but you're doing some good stuff to all of your other what's up down there stuff. Right. Yes. It's all like you're you know you're putting the hoo ha in your hoochie. <laughs> <laughs> You well know, it really makes everything much more responsive. It makes you mm. have, it makes you, you get have all these more other intense bonuses. orgasms, and yes. you know because everything you're you're you have a lot more control over the blood flow, and you have control over your body, and the, these parts do respond to that. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a big help from the part you don't have control over because you're starting to work it right. without your awareness, and then the part you do have control over, you're training it so it starts to behave how it should. And that's why some women have really good results from Kegels is that they're inadvertently or sort of accidentally, they're actually doing the whole thing all at once. But right. it, it's, it's not something you can explain to someone because it differs a lot physiologically. So you don't mm -hmm. need to go into a lab where they put um, these weird sort of dildo-y things inside of you to right. see how much you're squeezing and all of this and like what's they coming out. They have those tests? Oh yes, they do. Right. Right, and then they say, oh, you have very weak pelvic floor and musculature and you know, you're gonna need to have this done and you're gonna have to have buy this all this equipment and do training and things like that, but. Um, I saw actually there was a, um, where did I see this? Maybe Amazon, because Amazon has everything. But there's this thing that you can buy and it looks like dildo structure and you put it up and apparently it, have you ever had those like slender tone things where it sends like you can pop them on your tummy and you wear like a brace around your tummy and it sends like little shocks or it contracts the muscles i've seen like that, yes like, like a tone right a, a toner belt that yes. you can wear and it works while stimulates the muscles sitting down yes. that kind of thing so i saw these um like dildo like things that apparently do similar job up there to, to tone the pelvic floor. But I don't well, know if you've it would seen increase, those. You know, it would increase blood flow. Right. Which 
would be a help if you're, you know, if it's completely absent. It would increase body awareness, which would help if you have no body awareness. It's just unnecessary. Right. It's yeah. an extra step that you don't need to have. I mean, yeah. It's training wheels that you don't need. Yeah. You know, one of the things we that I do in the breastfeeding is teaching the initiation of it, is I compare it to riding a bike. Okay. And people are like, oh, riding a bike, you know, it's like really easy. I'm like, no, riding a bike is actually really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And you don't learn it by reading a book. You watch people and then they said, oh, you know, so we said, oh, natural breastfeeding because it deals with the three most common problems of um, nipple pain and worry right. about latch and worry about um, milk production that occur in the first couple weeks is it really deals with those. So they, we called it like the training wheels for breastfeeding. And I said, yeah, it is kind of like the training wheels, which is really mm -hmm. weird, is that training wheels are still a fix and they're now considered to be old fashioned, which you ride a bike and what you did have was a whole bunch of people putting their hands on you, helping you, like, you know, the yes. breastfeeding experts and nurses and things like that. They're like sticking your boob into the baby's mouth, like hands on, just like mom and dad running along on your bicycle, right. holding yeah. on to the bicycle. Like somehow you're going to learn how to ride <laughs> that way with their hand yeah. on it. So, but you're not falling down and then you're like, yeah, I just don't really... You either learn it on your own, you go, I'm done with all of this. Yeah. And so then we got the training wheels, which means, you know, you, they keep you from falling down and getting the bumps and bruises. Right. But it really doesn't address what the problem is. Or the underlying issue is riding a bike is about balance. Yes. So you put yourself in a situation so the new bike riding way is not, you don't worry about training wheels. You take the pedals off. You do it with less instead of adding new things on, uh, yeah. like the slenderizer inside that, you know, shocks your vagina. Right. <laughs> instead, yeah. they're just like, take away these things that are creating an unnecessary burden right. on them. So they put kids on these bikes with no pedals and you just like run along with your feet on the ground like a Flintstones automobile and then you pick your feet up and you glide yeah. and you get the feeling of your body balancing on the bike and then when you have your balance then you start putting the pedals in with it. Right. It's a much more natural way to do it. Yeah, I can't ever imagine myself going, oh, just going off to tone my vagina and tone my pelvic floor with this dildo-like thing. I can't imagine doing that. I would much rather do, <laughs> like, rather, like, you know, right. Well, the thing is, is, like, once you start to do it, it just starts happening all the time. Like I right. said, it's the humming. Yeah. You know, everything just sort of works and your body is, like, all present at every one time. Right. So that was kind of a lot of talk about a wee pee, but, I know, uh, but little tiny spritz makes for a really, really big sorrow and problem. I know, but I feel like there's a lot of pieces to the to the puzzle that you have to put together because it is a problem and it's a problem that not a lot of women are comfortable talking about. So, um, you know, we have to let people know that there are, are a few different pieces that you have to put together to, to help fix the problem and not facil facilitate the problem by, you know, putting on these pads and these, these nappies. You've got to get to the root of the problem, whether it be, you know, diet or, you know, pelvic floor exercises, working on your foot. There's many different things that you can do for this instead of wearing a pad for the rest of your life. Well, you know, like I, you're my, our flat tummy mummy coach and you kind of are dealing with those women that are sort of, uh, you know, the 20s to 30s somethings or, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, it, it, but it goes across the lifespan, but we sort of focus on that. But as Dr. Teresa, you know, I'm on wellness that lasts a lifetime. So I'm at every age of women and every age and stage of life. So we'll 
I'll be having other talks about the WEP with other women, like we have uh, Colleen, and she does the right. postpartum and things. So there is really the problem of the WEP while you're pregnant and immediately after the baby. And then Kathleen, she deals with women, you know, like over 45 and where they're having hormonal issues that make that muscle like atrophy and not work as well and mm -hmm. other complicating issues start to come in. But I think that most women are interested in things that affect us as women and our own physiology in general. I really wanted to talk to you about this problem because I am really, really, really upset that there's so many women out there that are suffering in silence thinking they're the only one. So I really thought this right. needs to be part of the ladies room because it needs to be present for women. Um, whether you've had a baby or you haven't had a baby, these are overcomable things. Yes. But the very first message you need to get is the problem isn't, it's a problem. It isn't normal, but it is common, common mm -hmm. and you are not alone. Right. And you do not need a radical treatment to get your body reset back to the way I that think needs to be going. That's really important. This isn't like a, a big, huge operation. This is more kind of, you have to kind of persevere and be committed in fixing the problem in yourself. Right, but you don't have to accept it. Now, at the end, you know, we have a medical disclaimer in the beginning, and I am an OBGYN. So the very first thing, if you're having a problem with this and you're a young woman, is you do need at least one doctor's appointment because a lot of times it can be an infection or something like right. that. You need to have this checked out to make sure there isn't a problem that needs a particular diagnosis or treatment because right. you wouldn't want to miss one of those. So what we're helping is women who they've checked out and everything's normal and you know they're just not getting the kind of answer that they want. So they right. were treated for this, they were treated for a vaginal infection and they were treated for a bladder infection and they mm -hmm. drink a lot of cranberry juice and they, but they're still having um, problems with this and they're having it under these certain circumstances and it's making a change in their life that is unpleasant. They're giving up things that are important to them, like their sport or right. their orgasms. Like you yes. shouldn't be giving those up, that's for no. sure. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and you certainly shouldn't be avoiding having sex because you wouldn't want your partner to find out that this happens to you sometimes. But there are a lot of young women We're laughing. who are doing it. You want to be able to laugh without worrying oh, about- Oh, absolutely you want to laugh. We, right. you know, so this can be fixed and I would like to say thank you so much um, to you for um, again speaking to us about this and for anybody that's listening out there today I hope that we have uplifted you a little bit if you are somebody who suffers with this problem just know that there are many other people that have this and as you said it's not normal but it certainly is common so you can definitely fix it and you should fix it so you can you know get on with your life laugh as much as you want love as much as you want and play as much sport as you want as long as you enjoy it and skip rope yes that's, that's a, how we that's actually how we one. found out about it was because we we do lots of rope skipping and yeah. you know it's really good you know it's part of the flat tummy mummy and pelvic floor like it's great works on all your it's yeah. your feet it's all five mm. layers of fatness it's yeah. portable it's fast it's high intensity right. it's every one of those but we noticed that we had lots of ladies make mad dash for the bathroom before right. yes. and after the rope yes. skipping episodes yeah. all so. you could hear was the thump 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 of the ropes <laughs> on the floor and then it was like zoom zoom um so yeah that's that's kind of where i why i brought it to you and i was like why are all of my ladies just, uh, this was actually when- like, I really don't like skipping rope. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And they, they kind of wanted to avoid it. But you know, once we get working on people's feet and um, start to loosen them up down there and they're not so right. 
like springy this. feet, not yes. bloody feet. Yeah, and not, we, not slappers. No, <laughs> oh, don't I forgot. Slapper. It's like a slapper. <laughs> <laughs> slapper okay. has a different meaning in Ireland. Like, look it up in the Urban Dictionary. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so thank you so much for talking to us about that today. And um, again, not alone. We're here to help. And um, please, you know, we welcome any question at any time. So um, yeah, from myself and Dr. Teresa. Thank you so much for listening and please keep an eye out for our up and coming um, chats. We talk about everything here in the ladies room. So um, take care and we'll see you soon. Bye for now.